Not too long ago, I was at a gym during some open play, some rec play, and I heard someone yell, Poacher! And this wasn't an observation of what the woman saw happening in front of her on court number four, but it was a reprimand of the man who dared to cross the center of the court and put away a ball that set up just a little bit too high. With the tone that the woman used, she might have just yelled out, Ball hog! Or jerk! Or something even more insulting. It was very clear that the spectator saw poaching as a kind of etiquette infraction, a breach of pickleball etiquette, a pickleball sin that was both rude and obnoxious. But is it? Is it bad to poach? That's what we're going to talk about in just a moment. Hi there and welcome to Pickleball Problems. I'm your host, Mark Renison. Today we'll be talking about poaching. Specifically, I want to talk about the etiquette of poaching. When should you poach? When should you not poach? How do you poach in a way that's good for your team and not bad for the relationship you have with your partner? What are the guidelines you can use so that you're more clear on when it is smart for you to cross over to the middle and when it's not? Speaking of smart, I think it's smart to start with a definition of terms. What is it that we mean by poaching? Well, essentially, poaching occurs when you hit a ball that's otherwise going to your partner. Very often, but not always, a poach includes crossing over the middle of the court to take a shot that would otherwise be going to your teammate. It's an interesting word, isn't it? Poach. Dictionary.com defines poaching as to trespass especially on another's game preserve in order to steal animals or to hunt, to take game or fish illegally. And I think these definitions are really funny, and they're actually in line with the definition that I think the woman at the gym was using. She saw something wrong. He was illegally taking a ball, not illegally against the rules, but illegally against the etiquette. He was taking a ball that didn't belong to him. It was like he trespassed into his partner's nature preserve and shot a rhinoceros. So when is it not only okay to poach, but possibly even the right play to make? Well, I got uh, three situations in mind, sort of two and a half maybe. First, if your partner is farther back in the court than you are, you're up closer to the net. And that allows you to get the ball when it's up higher. And getting balls when they're high, they're really important because if you get a high ball and you can hit down on a downward trajectory, you're typically going to be able to hit a more offensive shot than if you have to hit straight ahead or even hit up. And so if you're closer to the net, you're more likely to get that ball when it is up high. So if your partner is hanging back a little bit, a poach might make a lot of sense. The second situation where I think poaching makes sense is where you are just a better player than your partner. You look beside you and say, oh, This guy can't make a shot. I'm going to have to do a lot of the hard work around here. Then it might make sense to go and poach and take more of those balls. Likewise, if you are the weaker player and your partner is significantly better, it makes sense for you to move over a little bit. Let them take those middle balls. Let them take balls that would otherwise be going to you. And the third situation, which I think is maybe just sort of like a variation on situation number two, is when you and your partner are about equal skill level, but for some reason... 
it makes more sense for you to take it. And so a common example, let's say you're both up at the net, you're both right-handed, you're on the left side, your partner's on the right side, and that ball gets hit, it's a third shot drop, it sits up a little bit too high, it's hit right down the middle, it sits up a bit too high. Well, the person on the left, remember they're right-handed, they're going to be having a forehand that they get to hit for that high ball. Whereas the person on the right, who's also right-handed, would be hitting a backhand. And, you know, if you're about the same level, it's still quite plausible that the person who gets to hit the forehand can hit that ball harder or more effectively, let's say. This is one of the reasons why you so often hear people talk about how forehands should take the middle, right? They're assuming that the forehand's the better option. Be careful about that assumption, though. Sometimes the backhand's a better assumption. I, for one, would way rather hit a backhand drop than a forehand drop. And I know that I'm not alone. Okay, so there we go. Our three reasons to poach, or two and a half at least. One is where one person is just closer to the neck and get the ball when it's higher. Two is where one person just is a way better player than their partner. And three, or two and a half, is when even though they're equal skill level, one person's got a better shot at hitting a good shot. But that's in a competitive situation. Situation where the main goal is to win. And not all situations are like that. What about rec play? That's a different story. Different kettle of fish, as they say. And we're going to talk about that kettle of fish in just a minute. Hey there, it's Mark. I want to give a special shout out to our friends at Selkirk Sport. Selkirk makes Pickleball's best paddles, and their customer service is awesome. Personally, I'm fond of the Invicta paddle because I love the extra reach it gives me without compromising forgivability. But whether you go with the Invicta or prefer one of their other models like the S2, the Epic, or the Omni, Selkirk definitely makes a paddle that's right for you. You can find them at thirdshotsports.com paddles or at selkirk.com. Selkirk Sport. We are Pickleball. I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Jigsaw Health. Jigsaw Health is the official hydration and recovery partner of Third Shot Sports. They've got lots of great products, but one of my favorites is the Electrolyte Supreme. I mix it with water when I'm on the court coaching and playing, and I find it both gives me that extra boost I need and helps to prevent cramping. My personal favorite flavor is Berrylicious, but if you're a lemon lime person, that's okay too. You can learn more at jigsawhealth.com. And if you do make a purchase, be sure to use my promo code, PB3SS10. That's PB3SS10. It'll save you $10 off your order and show some love to our show. Jigsaw Health. It's fun to feel good. All right, welcome back to the show. Today we are talking about poaching and the etiquette that surrounds it. We already talked about a competitive situation where you'd poach if uh, you have a better chance to do something effective with the ball than your partner would uh, for a variety of different reasons. But what about rec play? Because I know lots of people who how much fun they have at pickleball is directly tied to how many times they touch the ball itself. It's like every time they hit the ball, it's one unit of fun, whether the ball goes where they want or not. And if they get... 175 touches during the day they have 175 units of fun and that is 25 units of more fun than if they just hit it 150 times 
like they did the day before. So in that situation, you got to be a little bit more careful because you might go across and you might say, hey, these are Mark's three criteria. I got a high forehand. I can put it away. I'm a better player and my partner's farther back. Three for three. I should poach that ball and you go and you poach and you hit a great winner. And you know what? Your partner is going to be pissed off at you if they're the person who has fun because they collect touches. It's not about whether you win the game or not. It's not about whether you hit a great highlight reel shot. It's about the touches. And in that case, you stole that person's ball. At least that's how they're going to feel about it. And I suspect that is how the woman who was watching the rec play at the beginning of my show today, how she feels about it. You stole my unit of fun. So in that case, it's different. So what should you do? Well, I'm not here to help you become a 5.0 in terms of being a nice person. I'm sure you're already there. But I would say in this situation, in a rec situation where you don't necessarily know your partners or don't know them that well, you know what? I would probably err on the side of caution when it comes to poaching. I probably wouldn't do it, at least not until I had a conversation with my partner. Really good way to do it is, uh, you know, when you're sitting, waiting your turn, or you're grabbing some water, or even if you're just walking back, getting ready to serve, to say to your partner, hey, my name's Mark. How do you feel about balls in the middle? How do you want us to handle them? And listen to see what they say. They say, well, you take your side, I'll take my side. Okay, you know that poaching is off the table. But if they might say something else, hey, you're a taller player than me. Get anything you can. Hey, I really want to beat these guys. And you know what? I'm the better player, so I'm going to take some of those balls in the middle. Is that okay? Whatever. You can decide how you want to play, but it's really important to have that conversation, even if it's with a stranger. It only takes a minute. And if you just ask the question, hey, how do you want to handle middle balls? That usually opens the door quite nicely. But I would not assume that they're going to be on the same page with you poaching uh, if it was in a competitive situation than a, than a non-competitive wreck. Okay, so that's it for today. Thanks a lot for joining me on this podcast. And uh, we'll be back with more at Pickleball Problems coming forward. Until then, I'm Mark Renison. See you next time.